everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Double Date with Dateline. Doublement, doublement, doublement. I want my doublement, doublement, double. No. No, that's wrong. Yeah, I can tell you. It took me a second, though. Yeah, it's baby back ribs. Yeah, I Um, got it. Eventually. But I, again, forgot to look up doublement gum. So this is an exciting episode because we are breaking out of the list. I want Mm -hmm. to break free. Mm Mm-hmm. We are moving into other areas of ID network, of which it is so vast. There are so many, so many series. That, which is uh, why we're taking suggestions. We definitely are. If you for have a, the craziest ones. If you have a favorite. Although I feel like I did okay this time. You hadn't seen this one, right? Because it's pretty new. No, I haven't seen it. Okay. Have you ever seen anything from this series? Uh, no, I have not. Uh-huh. Okay, this is, it looks to be a newer series because there's only one season and about five or six episodes, and it's called Murder Loves Company. I don't quite understand. I thought it was everyone would work together in a firm, a law firm. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even think of that. And- but I think it's just murder when there's a group of people. I think it's groups. Could yeah. be a suspect. Again, applies to a lot of crimes. But they have to have 900 shows on ID at all times, so they have to come up with new things. Yeah. I'm just, I got to say, again, I'm so surprised by the quality because of the number of shows they have. I know. They're all good. They're all good. Mm -hmm. It's all like watching. It's hard to, I don't mean to say this because I know, oh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. I was going to say it's better than Forensic Files, but I feel like people revere Forensic Files. People do. There's something very soothing about Forensic Files to fall asleep to. That's true. I really like Forensic Files. But I think there's probably some crossover cases because there's some shows on ID that cover more of the like detail, the scientific forensics of a case. I've noticed that because I came across one yesterday looking for excellent episodes and it was one that I recognized. And I was like, oh, I got to go back and watch that because we've done that case and I'm curious what they say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this episode is season one, episode six. It's the latest release on Murder Loves Company and it's called Murder at the Dance Hall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. We open in March of 2010 and we are in Texarkana, Arkansas. I was sold. The minute they say Texarkana, Arkansas, and the footage we're seeing is senior citizens in square dance outfits dancing. Yeah. Well, I was confused by the age because the lead girl, the blonde, looks to be about 35 or 40, but her character is supposed to be like 59 because I Googled it. Is she 59? She's 59 when she when she unfortunately passes. Oh, you you gave it away. Who dies? It's fine. Too late. Okay. Um, that surprises me because even in the pictures we see of her, she does not look 59. No, she looks great. Maybe 49. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. But the actress looks even younger. But the actress looks 39. Yeah. Yes. It's correct. It's very confusing. It is a little Because all these old men are fighting over her. And I was like, she's young enough to be your daughter, sir. Sir, step back. <laughs> <laughs> and we're getting interesting stuff in in this episode because we're in this series because we have interviews with the people who actually lived it. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a reenactment. Right. So they are kind of interspersing pictures of the real people with it's, pictures of the actors. It's very confusing because I, I only tracked the blonde, the actor. So I was like, oh, okay. so if, it, if she was in the photo, I was like, those are the actors pretending to be friends. And then if it, she wasn't in the photo, I was like, those might be the real people. And then oh. the best part when you have reenact, reenimagine actants and the real people is you get to 
compare the casting. You get to go, that was a good casting choice, or that was poor. Which we will. He, The acting of this person overrode the fact that they don't resemble the person at all. And we've had that happen a couple times now, where the acting is so good that you're like, we, we buy it. We totally believe it. Yeah, um, I know why you cast them. But I did, well, well, okay, we'll get to it. All right, so... There is apparently no shortage of dance halls in Arkansas. Okay, this is a dance hall in my head is a discotheque or something that's like, I'm going to the dance hall in Mexico City. It seems like something that's not in America. Does that make sense? Like a dance hall? Yeah. I don't know where I'm getting that. I don't know where you're getting that. But yeah, I can see that. I think because when you learn Spanish in, or at least at my high school, discoteca, the description is not a discotheque. It's a, <laughs> yeah, get it's a dance hall. And I think that's where I got it from. That it's like a, what? that's one of the only words I remember from Spanish was discoteca. And it's like a discotheque, but the definition was dance hall. And I'm like, what's a dance? Well, that's just the definition that was given in your Spanish book or whatever. Right. If I Google discoteco, discoteca. It's probably going to say discotheque. That's what I would think. Discoteca. And, and what's the difference between a discotheque and a dance hall? Discotheque. Literally says discoteca equals discotheque. So I'm thinking in my Spanish book, it said discotheque comma dance hall. And you just ignored the discotheque part. I think I was more fascinated with what a dance hall was. I did not know what it was. Anyways, um, so and also there's a song that's dance hall days, but that's a whole other thing. So we are focusing on the guys and dolls square dance club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, cute. <gasps> so cute. Uh, we get a ton of actual square dance footage they say that- was that real footage? I thought it was. Oh yeah, we did get real footage, but we also got a lot of reimagined actors. Doing but it. I, but I do believe that that is the people from the town because they went to the town to do the interviews. So I think what they did is contacted guys and dolls and said, "Would any of your patrons like to come and be in a?" I'm sure they all and did. They're it. like, "Would we? Would we? All right, TV? Yeah." Exactly. And and in their finest studs. So that was part of the charm of this, too, is that I didn't know that people still dressed up for a square dance. I thought that it was like everything else where it's like people used to wear a suit and they don't anymore. Yeah, absolutely not. The women are in the full flounce skirt. So many ruffles, just ruffles. Yeah, like, like a toddler dress. I thought I was very confused by the time of it. They kept showing the date, but I kept ignoring it no. because of the dresses. And I kept going, but she's wearing like a hoop skirt. This is crazy. So, and the, not really a hoop skirt, but like, like. But no, like a crinoline full tiered, stuff underneath. Yeah. Because they're, sh- they're short. They're like uh, the mid-thigh is where the dresses hit or at the knee. Yeah, you're right. It's a toddler's and tiara's gift that the girl dancing, yes. it's like that is what they're wearing. The one that's doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that was what they're wearing. But good for them. Full petticoat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they have the air crinkin in there. Oh, they do. They've I got it. I feel like cr- they do. I hope oh, they do because those older gentlemen oh, yeah. might pass out. Correct. That's why they have it cranking. They've got it cranking. And then ruffled shirts and the men are all in their like nice cowboy shirt with the embroidery, um, belt buckles, things like that. They could be in jeans. It wasn't a bolo tie. It was like a or a bolero. No, bolero's this. Bolo. Yeah, bolo tie. I had that. I had it right. Um, it was like a. I almost want to call it an ascot, but it wasn't. It was like a handkerchief just tied around, but it went all the way almost down to his midriff. That's wonderful. Yeah, I don't know what that's called. A formal kerchief. Yeah, my best kerchief. Where? <laughs> yeah, exactly. My best friend's kerchief. So every other Friday night, there's a square dance at Guys and Dolls, but it seemed like it was mainly on even on the off Friday. I think they do practices or like lessons so there's yeah it's like a mainly square dance place yeah was there line dancing there too at all 
There's got to be. They have to be line dancing. But I think their bread and butter is square dancing, and then they do line dancing maybe on Thursday nights, Friday nights. Mm -hmm. So, and maybe karaoke. They probably don't do karaoke. Maybe they do karaoke. I don't know. Um, No, you wish. (laughs) I do. We are focusing on one core group of friends that square dancing is their hobby. Honestly, it seems like their whole social life revolves around square dancing. And we very quickly meet the cast of characters who are... Barbara Ricketts and Phyllis Neighbors, who... Fake names. Sounds so fake. It sounds like a TV show about square dancing. We get an actual interview with Phyllis Neighbors. She's our main friend interview for the whole thing. Ray and Patty Wheelington, who are the club owners, and also they call a lot of the dances. Yeah. So that's swing your partner round and round to the right, to the right, to the right, to the left, bring it down the center. Is that square dancing? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. From what I remember when we did it in eighth grade and you, that boy didn't ask me to dance and it scarred me for life. I know. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Is it? Um, this episode should have had a trigger warning. Sorry. Trigger warning now. Too late. Um, is there, is it like an honor? Like when you get to be the caller, that's like. Oh yeah, I think so. It has to be. Bingo, right? So if you get to be the bingo caller, you've like yeah. advanced to the, okay. Yeah. It's, pres- I think it's probably handed down by generation. Oh, yeah, probably. And if you own the club, it would make sense that you would call. Or if you're out sick, you give it to someone very trusted. Okay. So so Ray and Patty Wheelington, owners of the club, callers. James and Virginia Hyatt are in this friend group. And then there's two gentlemen, Ken Caldwell and Thomas Quinn. So we have two ladies, two married couples, and then two gentlemen. That's kind of the basis of this friend group. There's probably more, but these are the ones we're going to focus on. So they are all friends in and out of square dancing. They go out to dinner. You know, they're, they're a clique. They're a club. But at the Guys and Dolls dance hall, the male-to-female ratio is really off. So it's very, very normal that men would dance with women other than their wives, even if they came with their wife. And the square dance community is described as being like an eighth-grade dance. Trigger warning. Too late. Mm-hmm. So because it's very it seems a little gossipy and catty and it's probably all about she wore that skirt last week. She wore that blouse two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember because she still has the fruit punch stain on it because it also seems like an eighth grade dance and that it doesn't seem like people are getting drunk at these events. It seems like they're drinking things like fruit crystal light. Yeah, I saw cookies. They were and they looked like those really boring, like those white Oreos, you know, they're like vanilla Oreos, but generic brand, you know what I'm talking about? Hydrox. But like the, 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 yeah, but the light, vanilla the tan cream. ones. Yeah. Ooh, mm, yeah. I don't even like those. And I, I like that kind of cookie. So now we fast forward. We've met the club. We've met the characters. We're now in 2013 and a 911 call comes in. Operator, we think our friend is dead. The call is from a quiet neighborhood. And when the cops show up, There are two women at the scene, and the two women at the scene are Barbara Ricketts and Phyllis Neighbors. So they possible aliases question mark. They can't get a hold of their friend, and they've been calling and calling and calling. And so they drive to her house, show up, and all the lights are on, but she's not picking up her phone. And which is really cool because at this point they're playing the actual voicemail, and we find out that the person that's dead is Patty Wheelington. Don don don. You have to remind them who she is because they won't remember. I do. She's the owner of the Guys and Dolls Dance Hall. She owns the club. She's the caller, her and her Mm -hmm. husband. She's the queen bee. She's the queen bee. And when we see her in the reenactments, it's very clear. The actress is very pretty. 
And it's, she looks 35. Yeah, I think they're really trying to emphasize that she's the pretty one, right? Is that what we're trying to... Is that I what mean, they're doing? she's definitely younger than them. They, they were pretty women as well. But she's like, looks like several, like at least a generation younger than them. It's it's so surprising to me. And it's not like this actress has to do a lot because she mostly has to lie there. Um, no, well, she's in a couple reenactions. She's in a lot of reenactment scenes, yeah. But I will say this. I bet that her friends felt like that would be very flattering for her and were probably very happy that the actress they chose for her. Does that make sense? I guess. Although if I was that age, I'd be like, you want me to play a 60-year-old woman? Yeah, that is fascinating. I didn't I know she was- I would be offended. I really wish you hadn't looked it up because that kind of ruins everything for me. I didn't know that she was supposed to be 59. I mean, because it's so confusing because all these older men are trying to get with her and her husband was older and- yeah, they just They're all 70. They say like they're most of them are 70 or in that age range. And then and then I looked it up and I was like, was she 70? There's it's impossible. Like shallow hal where when everyone looks at her, they see the younger version of her. Oh, okay. But, but she's really 60. Yeah. That is sort of I'm not sure why they chose the actress, but But it brought a whole new level of excitement to the episode for me. Oh, well, there you go. Because I love wondering why did they do this this is amazing i thought that they had just picked i thought that she was older but they had picked an actress that either looked really really good for her age or uh, i don't know i was like maybe they just couldn't get anyone i don't i don't see, know see i should have googled the actress and found out how old she is but the actress is nowhere near 59 right i'm not crazy the actress i'm thinking is 50 i'm thinking the actress is 49 or 50 and she just looks excellent for her age. Right. Yeah. So anyways, the Barbara and Phyllis, the two friends, are at the house. They The cops arrive. They go up to the house and they see Patty lying dead on the porch. The sergeant tells us that by like kind of around the corner from the body, there is a little table and a chair and there is a bullet through the back of the chair. And Patty is found dead in her bathrobe with blood and it's very sad and there's a cigarette like burned down to the nub still in her fingers so on the little table there was a coffee mug and a little pack of cigarettes and an ashtray and it was really clear that this had happened in the morning I felt like she's one of those glamorous ladies who sits on her porch in her bathrobe but it's like a nice bathrobe and she had her nails done nice and she smokes her cigarette and she has her coffee yeah. But then I saw the slippers and I was like, oh, they're kind of like house slippers. They're kind of grubby. So maybe she's not as like glamorous as I imagine she is. But I think I she's a little glamorous because I think even she's, a little glamorous. she's not barefoot. She took the time to put slippers on. And yeah, also every house slipper is grubby unless yeah, you're constantly buying new slippers. Does like Delta Burke on Designing Women, though, she wore like heels oh, around yeah. the house. She wore heels with puff balls. But as we find out, there's no reason for Patty to do that. We're going to find that out in a second. So, because Patty is alone. So it was clear that she had been shot in the morning. There's also blood everywhere and it's dry. And the blood is sort of in a trail from the chair to where the body is found. So it looks like she was shot once, got up and tried to escape and then was shot like five or six more times. Mm -hmm. um, and the shots were... Four to six feet away, they guess. So whoever it was, was up close and personal and wanted her dead, period. Yeah. So now we get a little bit of background on Patty. 
and we find out she is indeed alone. Her husband had passed away 11 months before, her husband Ray. And it wasn't long. She sort of, I guess, took a little time off from Guys and Dolls, but then comes right back. Of course she does, because she's lonely, and I wouldn't want to just sit in my house without my husband. she's the owner. Yeah, I'd want to get back to work and go have fun with my friends. Um, So Phyllis' neighbor tells us that there wasn't a man in the Guys and Dolls dance club that was not in love with Patty. She was like the sparkly... I don't know, show pony. I don't know what to call it. That's not right. We're in Texarkana. She's just a pretty. Oh, a show pony is somebody that like somebody else owns and parades around like a show pony. She's, she's her, her she's own her show own, pony. Her own Palomino. There you go. There we go. Um, so, of course, because every man in the club was in love with her, that means that there were a lot of women that were kind of jealous. Mm-hmm. So could someone from the friend group have killed Patty? Dun, dun, dun. Commercial break. Inside the crime scene, detectives go into the house and they discover pretty much what they tell us from the beginning. I'm not sure why they give us all this information, but we know that it's somebody. We know that it's personal because of where she was shot. Also, they say because she didn't stand up because she was shot in the chair. It means when someone approached her, she wasn't like scared. She was like, oh, hi, so and so. But there's nothing missing in the house. Nothing is out of place. The place is spotless. She has lots of valuables. Nothing was taken. And they find a receipt in her little mail stack that shows that Patty had actually had her locks changed literally the day before she's killed. So that's not great. Um, And then we get some more evidence from neighbors around the way that say they heard shots in the morning all in a row, the bang, 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 between 8 and 9 a.m., And um, we do get the actual recording of that. And she tells some story about Canadian geese that I didn't really understand. And it sounded like gossip. But Her neighbor shoots Canadian geese or shoots up into the sky to scare them off the property. Because geese are, I can't say that word. They're bad? I was going to say the B word. Yeah. Oh, because they come after you? Yeah. But what else do they do besides come after you? Do they eat like your shrubbery? They probably eat and poop everywhere. They eat your flowers or your Do they? Fruits? What do, what do geese know. eat? Don't geese eat fish? Well, I can't tell you that. I don't know either. We need to know more about the food chain. So now police start to gather information and alibis from Patty's inner circle, her square dance pals. First up is Thomas Quinn. He made calls to Barbara and Phyllis, which is why they are at the house at the time when the police show up. This is why they find the body is because Thomas Quinn had called them to go over and physically check on. It's really weird how they describe this on Patty. Then we move backwards. The police go and talk to Thomas Quinn and find out that Thomas actually called Barbara and Phyllis because Ken Caldwell had called Thomas. So it's like a phone chain. Mm -hmm. It's like this person called this person and then they called those other Mm -hmm. people. Um, We don't hear a lot more from Thomas Quinn. I think he's really only important to the story because he is part of the telephone chain. And they kind of try to make him seem like he's a suspect at some point uh, because they tell us that he was trying to distance himself from the square dancing crowd. And I wanted to know more about that. And I was like, in the reenactments, he's like, oh, I'm not friends with those people anymore. Yeah. I am not involved in square dancing and i was like why what happened but the police don't ask him that in the reenactments and i was sad i really wanted Give us them the tea to... why 
Yeah, what did happened? Did you have a bad square dancing ex- square dancing experience? Well, especially because they said he was the newest and he used to get lessons from Patty. So mm-hmm. did he make an advance and was it? No, it sounded less than he would sound more like sad. But instead he sounded like though that group is trouble. That's the vibe I got from the actor's delivery in the reenactment was I don't want to associate with those people anymore. Those square dancer folk. Yeah. So he's given up the sport completely. Yeah, he's done before he even really got started. Yeah. And it's okay. sad because he, he had a future. He was a natural talent. And he had the shirts. He has a closet mm-hmm. full of shirts to wear. Mm-hmm. And now I hope he'll love again. Well, I hope he'll just take up rodeo. Those shirts would also work for rodeo. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Uh, he's too old to start rodeoing. Attending rodeos. Oh, okay. Okay. Attending rodeo benefit events. Okay. That's all I got. So Thomas was really, really busy at work. And so he couldn't go check on Patty. So he called Phyllis and Barbara to go check on her because Ken really needed somebody to go over there because Ken Caldwell started this whole thing. He was the he can't apparently drive himself places. And so he's making all these calls to try to get somebody over to Patty's house because he is the originator of the first call. He was supposed to get a ride from Patty at 3 p.m. the day she was murdered to go to a doctor's appointment, and she did not show up. I guess Patty Patty used to transport him to different appointments around town. Um, She was always there. She would never have let him down. So the fact that she didn't show up and didn't call was extremely alarming. And during this sort of all of this coming out, we're hearing different snippets of actual voicemails that people left on Patty's machine, which was really cool. I liked that. I thought yeah, that was such was a good touch. touch. He was also madly in love with Patty, according to Phyllis. Wouldn't you be? She's yeah. 45 years younger than you, and she drives you around to all your doctor's appointments and never says boo and never even asks you for gas money. That's She's a dreamboat. She is a dreamboat. Also, he might have had some health problems, but might I suggest that he looks into objective wellness? Absolutely. Right? Good transition, Kimberly. Good job, Kimberly. Pat myself. (laughs) Uh, Objective wellness offers targeted solutions like better sleep, firmer skin. These are all things that Patty, the actress at least, had. Yes. Because she looks amazing. Or a healthier immune system. And their products are made with quality ingredients and backed by science. They contain ingredients like blueberry extract, saffron. Now I want some blueberry saffron something. Blueberry saffron muffin. Blueberry saffron biscuit. Delicious. And even microalgae, which provides an antioxidant 6,000 times stronger than vitamin C. Wellness is different for everyone. So Objective focuses on targeted solutions, giving you support exactly where you need it. I ordered the Lift and Smooth Cream because that's where I need support. (laughs) I got got some wrinkles forming. Barely. Well, and I want to look as good as Patty the Actress. So I'm excited to get my shipment. Katie already got hers, and I'm super jealous because I want mine. I'm very excited. I got the healthy blood flow capsules. So I have some issues when I'm, because I'm sitting for long, long periods of time. It's, this is the kind of 
capsule that you're supposed to take if you have really long commute or I'll travel on airplanes a lot. And I sit for extended periods of time when I'm listening to our podcast and trying to take out myself sounding stupid. And so it's the kind of thing that I probably should have started taking years ago. And I'm really excited to get started. Yay. I know. Objective can help you feel your best and you guys can go to objectivewellness.com and use the code date dateline to get 20% off your first order. Also, if you're not completely satisfied, you can get a full refund, which is awesome. Yes. Again, objectivewellness.com with the code date dateline to get 20% off. And I love saying this. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products discussed or advertised are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now we know why Kimberly would not let me do the ad. Because I like saying it. (laughs) I know it. I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, why would she just let me do the ad? I like (laughs) saying it. So what's your objective, Kimberly? Wellness. There we go. Okay. (laughs) Kind What's of. your objective? Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's what I, how I should have said it. What's your objective? Wellness. Wellness. Okay. Uh, maybe they'll like it. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll hire us to be their ad campaign It's people. always worth a try. Yeah. Uh, okay. So back to our square dancing girls and boys. Ken Caldwell, who is waiting for his ride at 3 p.m. She never shows up. We have him calling in and checking on her multiple times through that day. So, I mean... Pretty much through that, through all of his phone calls and him not being able to drive, his alibi, I would say, is pretty solid. Yeah. He probably didn't do it. But there are other messages also that we hear. Um, Barbara Ricketts and Phyllis both call multiple times as well. The only person we don't hear a message from is Thomas Quinn. The one who is distancing himself. Yeah. Well, that's why, because he's distancing himself. Yeah, I guess. But he's still in contact with the guy who needs to go to the doctor all the time. And also in contact with Barbara and Phyllis because he calls them to go check on her. This is why he wants to get out. You've ever have you ever had friends that just call you constantly and say, oh, this so and so there's drama with our friend so and so. And you're like, I don't want to be in the middle. I don't care. I have my own problems. I'm up for a promotion at work. You guys are distracting me. And that's what's happening. These people bring the drama and he's like, I'm done with it. I was more thinking he had drama with Patty because the only person he doesn't call in this scenario is Patty herself to check on her to make sure she's okay. Yeah, that's weird that he just calls someone else to go check on her and not call her herself. But he was busy at work. But uh, but he's not and too busy to call. And why would she answer his calls and not the uh, doctor, the guy who has to go to the doctor, who calls her set like every five minutes. It's 3.05. I hope you're still picking me up. It's 3.09, um, but it's okay if you're late. If you're 15 minutes late, you know that's fine. Just thankful for you. Hope everything's okay. It's 3.15. Um, I'm getting a little, I hope nothing happened. I, or just you went home. I don't know. I like it that they get immediately worried. I like that everyone's like, okay, we're kind of waiting to hear from you. But you can hear the worry in people's voices. And I know that that wouldn't be me. I know that if I was late, people would just be annoyed because I was late again. And it makes me want to change so bad. So someday I won't be that person and I will be the one that people will actually be worried if I'm <laughs> late because they they won't just think I'm being. I'm dumb. always late. I don't know that about you. I don't think that's right. I'm I'm I run usually about five minutes late, but five minutes. Yeah, yeah. that's it's like my tolerance. Right. Past that, I feel like it's rude. 
Right. I would like someday to not be rude. There we go. So anyways, now we're going to move on to the last set of friends we have not talked about, the other married couple in the group, who are James and Virginia Hyatt. Because at this point, Ken Caldwell and Thomas Quinn are released as suspects. No one suspects them. It's not those dudes. James and Virginia, however. So Phyllis tells us that when you square dance with James at the dance hall, you have to get Virginia's permission. And she would sort of like frown up at you. She'd say it was okay, but she'd be frowning about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Virginia seems like a sourpuss. She sounds like... um, Dolores Umbridge? No, she sounds like a baby girl Lisa. Oh, yeah, a lot like baby girl Lisa. A lot. She's grumpy. I don't need those ladies calling up your, blowing up your phone. Right. She doesn't want anyone touching her man. Yeah. Who is played by like this very handsome silver fox actor. Yeah. Who left heart emojis on your Instagram? Don't they know that we're engaged? I'm baby girl Lisa. Over a heart emoji. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but Virginia may have had reason to worry because James. I'm sorry. That accent was horrible. I'm so sorry to interrupt. I should have done it like this. Who's putting heart emojis on your Instagram? That's I'm baby girl Lisa. I got to get the six packs a day going. Yeah, you do. (laughs) So what else have you got going on? Take up a habit. So you can't take up a hot square dancing is out right now. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Why well, we did wonder immediately what is the future of the square dancing industry during social distancing? I think of a lot of things like that. What is or the- mom and pop square dancing companies are going to go out of business. Any dancing. What about any nightclub? Yeah, that's true. What are they doing? It's the hardest industry to be in. Support your local drag queen. They're doing shows online. Um, those people work on tips. Lots of people work on tips. Yeah, but I just mean the establishments. Strippers. What are strippers well, going to do? strippers. What are they no doing? One, dollar bills have become obsolete. No one wants to touch any cash. It's dirty. I hope they saved some money. Put some away for a rainy day. Secret cash box. Secret mm-hmm. cash shoe box. Or shoes that they, or bought shoes with it that they could sell online later. Yeah. Insurance shoes. Okay, anyways. Insurance. Maybe they do private dancing now. Insurance Louboutins. Yeah, I In hope like not. like hazmat suits, but clear ones. So you still see the sexy bits. Let's look up clear hazmat suits. And if that's not a thing yet. It's, you know who wore one? Charlie XEX on Taylor Swift's last tour. She wore like a puffy clear suit. So it was a little bit like Missy Elliott vibe, but clear. It was PVC? It looked kind of like. Yeah. But I think that's designer. We need like Target. For every every stripper, every man. Every for the strip. everyday stripper. Yeah. yeah. Not for fancy mm-hmm. singers. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So James and Patty had developed a friendship. James, this is James Hyatt of James and Virginia fame, unless you got lost. So yeah. a few years earlier, a few years before Ray passed away, and also Ray only passed away like 11 months before Patty dies. He had not even been dead a year when Patty dies. I don't know if I mentioned that. I don't know if it's important, but it might be. Okay. So a few years before that, Ray and Patty's house actually burned down, which sounds crazy. And it's suspicious. And super suspicious. Is that why Thomas Quinn wants out of the square dance game? Did he do it? No, I more mean he knows who did do it. And he's he's no snitch. I don't even think he was in the group 11 months ago. Okay, but 
Ray and Patty hired James Wyatt as the foreman to oversee the rebuilding of their new home. So he must be a contractor or something. They never tell us. Um, And then when Ray passed away, James and Patty had like got even closer. They got even stronger Mm -hmm. connection. So and this also makes sense to me, because if you are rebuilding a home and let's say Ray wasn't really that into it, that would be all Patty all the time. And if and if James is in charge of it then Patty would be talking to James constantly. Right, and Virginia would be like, who's on the phone? Let me guess, it's Patty again. She wants to talk to you about door frames. Maybe she shouldn't call past 8.30 at night. Maybe we can make that a new rule. That seems like a Virginia thing to do. So then a random friend interview comes on. I don't know who this guy is, and he's not part of the group, but he's a little sour. And he says... There was nice, and then there was flirty, and Patty leaned towards the flirty side. Mm, shade. Who was that guy? I don't know if I like that shade. I, I don't know who that was. He's just some dude. What's funny is in the reimaginactments, when they say that, they cut to her being supposedly flirty. She was totally not being flirty. No, she touched she, a shoulder. Did you see it? She like well, As she was walking by. As she was walking by, she's doing a soft shoulder brush. I would not like a soft shoulder brush from anyone. I would be like, don't touch. Ugh. But then they cut, you know, the scene where he off, they dance and he offers her a drink, which is like lemonade or whatever. And she's like, yeah, oh, thanks. It's so hot here. And she's just drinking her drink. Like she's not like using, giving bedroom eyes or anything. No, she's not. She doesn't unbutton her shirt or anything. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> or like start like twirling her hair. I don't know. See, I'm not a good flirt. I don't know what flirty things are. That sounded terrible. Like applying lipstick? Is that flirty? Man, no. Like maybe if she touched the glass to her chest and was like, oh, I just need to cool down or something. Like eating a banana? (laughs) Is that flirty or is that cross the line? It's cross the line. No, she's a proprietor of a local establishment. So she wouldn't be eating a banana? No. Okay. Um, So these Hydrox cookies and then she unwraps you know you twist them open and then you lick the inside or is that, that's nasty. Mm, I love the gritty cream on the inside disgusting Ew. also everyone knows the way that you eat that is you use the other half of the cookie to scrape the other side and then you you know that right so you take that Oreo twist it and if there's some left if it doesn't twist clean you take the cookie that's got all the the frosting on it and you scoop the one that the frosting that's left over so you have all the frosting on one cookie then you throw that crap top piece without frosting in the trash and you eat that other one. Oh, i thought you were going to say you break apart that naked cookie into pieces and use it to dip into the frosting that's on the, the yeah the chunky dressed side of the cookie. You could do that and then throw that other piece in the trash. I've seen on Pinterest people making those monstrous Oreos with all the cream. They've they've just stacked them. You can't eat it like stacks on stacks on stacks and stacks, stacks on stacks. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> That's what did they say stacks on stacks? When no, I just <laughs> That'd be a funny meme. You should write that down. What am I doing during my quarantine? Stacks on stacks on stacks. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Um so Virginia Hyatt, James wife the uh, contractor's wife, becomes convinced that Patty had stolen her husband. No relation to Hyatt, the hotels, right? These aren't like the Hiltons. Because it does seem weird that he's a contractor and his last name is Hyatt. He's the foreman. Yeah. Uh, 
Is it a no, fake I name? No, I think it's a coincidence. Or it might be a fake name. Here's why they're not fake names. Because we see the will. And it has all of their names there. Unless Although they that could be the prop art master. department. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. True. All right. So Phyllis is telling Virginia, no, 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 that's not true. But come to find out, this about information I'm about to give you next is not true. But they tell us it like it's true. They tell us the day of the murder, Virginia had been given divorce papers from her husband. That's not true. It had definitely been a few days before, but I'm, I am calling them out. That's not, that's not correct. But that's what the friend says, too. No, Phyllis says the day before. Yes. And I'll get to that. So it was around, I'm going to say, in the general three to four day area around the murder, Virginia was given divorce papers from James. He wanted out. He left the day of he the did. murder. Because the mor- murder was in the morning. So maybe they're saying day, like a 24-hour period. Okay, we're going to go with that. All right. So within 24 hours of the murder, he had given Virginia divorce papers, and James like packed up his stuff and got the heck out of Dodge. I don't blame him. I don't either. Do you think he took his sheets and giggles sheets with him? That's a really good question. I And I think the only answer is absolutely. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. They're 100% eucalyptus sheets. They're softer, more breathable, and more sustainable than both cotton and bamboo. Compared to cotton, the production of eucalyptus fabrics uses up to 96% less water and 30% less energy. We stand a green company. Yes, ma'am. Also, Sheets and Giggles is a hilarious name for a company. Yeah, it really is. And I'm already upset I didn't think about it. And thanks for reminding me. Uh Uh-huh. Sheets and Giggles use zero pesticides or insecticides. You're welcome, bees. Unlike most bedding brands, their packaging is 100% plastic-free. You know it usually comes, like, wrapped, and then it smells like plastic, and it's then you have all this waste. And for every order, they plant a baby tree in the United States to help fight deforestation. Could you just cry? Is that not so That's pure? fantastic. Yeah. They also have an eternal return policy. Try it for 100 days. Try it for 100 million days. So we are getting some sheets. We are also getting, I know, we're also getting a comforter that is made from eucalyptus and recycled polyester from recycled water bottles. It's thermally bonded to hold up against normal living and has all the same benefits of their sheets. They are cuddly and cozy in the winter, cool and breezy in the summer, because you know this girl runs real hot and sweaty. Yeah, I've And heard. they are soft and smooth all year round. Ooh, I can't wait. My mom's totally going to take mine. So excited. So go to sheetsgiggles.com and use the promo code DATE for 10% off the best night of your life. Yes. Yeah. Sheetsgiggles.com and use the promo code DATE, 10% off. We're so excited. Thank you, Sheets and Giggles. You got to be sheeting me. <laughs> Good. good. Thanks. It was good. I got to come up with some more. Thank you, Sheets and Giggles. Thank you. We're so excited. Oh, yeah. Okay. So here's what we find out about Virginia. It's Virginia's time to get some interviewing from the detectives because she's um, she's kind of making it not a secret that she's not crazy about Patty. Or at least she's that's making, what it seems not like. not making it a secret that she is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, she seems a little wacky. Um, We haven't gotten to a picture of her yet, but we're about to. So 
<laughs> the day of the murder. The face Virginia- I'm making is. Yeah, that face. I don't know how to describe it. But when I saw that shot. I, I have a perfect description for it. And you can tell me if I'm right. Um, so she tells detectives that the morning of the murder, she had been visiting her mother in a nursing home. But very, very quickly, as soon as she is able, starts throwing her husband, James Hyatt, under the bus. She says that James had given her a 38 caliber gun, but she hasn't seen it in many, many years. I wonder I wonder what happened to it. He must still have it. Okay, she's terrible. She also tells detectives that Patty and Ray, when Ray was still alive, had made James Hyatt the executor of their wills. Yeah, that was confusing. So, okay, I'm only confused because they said executor, not beneficiary. Right. Executor is somebody that reads the will and divides it appropriately, right? Yeah, which is strange. They So they must have a joint will as the married couple. And so it can't be like Patty mm-hmm. is, the ben- is the executor of her husband's will because they have a joint one together. I think you don't do that because I think it's like if you were both killed together in a plane crash, someone else is the executor. Sometimes, I think there might be different scenarios like... Someone's the executor if they're... I don't know how that works. I don't know. My brother is the beneficiary of my parents. No, he's the executor of your parents. Sorry, he's the executor. I'm the right. beneficiary, and I will give him if he is nice to me. That's not true. I don't think it works like that. No, that's what I was promised by my dad, so... I Do you think that he's trying to placate you? No, I don't. Maybe. I see you, Bob. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to make a phone call. Excuse me. (laughs) So she she throws James under the bus and basically is trying to get him to look very suspicious to cops. And it kind of works. And James Hyatt doesn't make it much better because James Hyatt is in the wind. He took off to who knows where with all of his clothes. It seems like right after the murder. That's what it would seem like to police. He like files for divorce and leaves town. And maybe shoot somebody on his way out. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's a lot. Maybe he's going to go into witness protection. But what's also weird is the friend, when she's describing it, she's like, I don't care if you're out of town and you're divorcing your wife. Patty's dead. You got to come back here. And he's like, I can't talk to you now. Goodbye. <laughs> but she doesn't say, and I was like, is that what he said? Or did he say, oh my God, Patty's dead? Like, did he seem to know that she was dead already? I agree completely. I would. I need to hear that entire conversation because what we get is half reenactment, mm-hmm. half interview with Phyllis, who was actually on the phone call. And I'm like, Phyllis, Phyllis tell word us. for word what was said in the phone call. How long did it last? Pause. Like, did he even go? <gasps> did he say, let me pull over? Like, right. what, what happened? Was he driving? Patty's dead. I can't talk about this now, okay? I'm about to get a ticket. Like... It's, I'm not, I'm on my cell phone. I'm not supposed to be talking. Like, or was he like, oh my God, I can't deal with it. No, there's no reaction that's okay other than, oh my God, what are you talking about? That supersedes my plan to flee town. Someone getting murdered right. should supersede whatever. Although he really wanted to get away from, what's her name? Yeah, he really did. I wonder, hmm, I wonder if Phyllis would have a phone call with us. I doubt it. <laughs> I would like to, I just want to talk. I highly doubt it because now we've said over and over again how beautiful the young reenactment actress of Patty was. So does Phyllis. 
Phyllis talks about Patty in the most flattering terms in the entire time, which is why I feel comfortable talking about Patty in the most. They all say how much, and especially Phyllis, how much everyone loved her. You couldn't help but love her. Beautiful on the inside and out. Yes. I think it's just, and I think that it's one of those things where, unfortunately, I think people don't think about, you know, people past 40 as being beautiful because we live in a horrible society. That cuts to the bone, Katie. Newsflash, kiddo. That's not true. Unfortunately, I think it is true. Didn't Jennifer Aniston change anything? Do we know Jennifer Aniston's real age? She's 50. Is she 50 or is she like 55? No, I think she's like 50. What about Nicole Kidman? What's Nicole Kidman's real age? Nicole Kidman is frozen in time forever like a space doll. You can't, that doesn't count. Yeah. Nicole Kidman looks 28. It's confusing. Jennifer Aniston is 51. Okay. She's 51 and 24 months. Okay. Anyways, so I think what happens here is that once you get to the phase where someone says they look good for their age. That's horrible. Right. What about handsome? They're a handsome woman. I don't know about that. I feel weird about that. Is that how people refer to Virginia? Because no. I'm going to. Be I, Arthur. Oh, yeah. I would say she's a grand dame. That's what I would say about B. Arthur. I don't know. Probably because she's tall, right? Then also you have the different varying heights. Then there's different compliments for different and whatever. Okay. So anyways, we could just go on and on and which we do. So the police start doing background check on James Hyatt and find out that he has two cell phones. Mm-mm. They make that sound like the biggest deal, and I did not get it. I He's a like... contractor. Work phone, home phone. Work phone, personal phone. Right? What? It didn't seem that weird to me, but they made it. That moved him to the top of their list. I think what we're not hearing is that on one of the phones is all the correspondence with Patty. Again, it makes sense if you've met his wife. Right, but I do also think that there's a work phone and a, and a personal phone. I think that's totally not that weird. Yeah. I don't think it is either. A lot of people have that. Yeah, but the cops were like, to everyone, we found our killer. He has two cell phones. Kimberly, we are in Texarkana. That's true. It's the Bible Belt. They well, still do technology there. Two phones basically equal adultery. Okay. You're cheating on your phone carrier. You're, che- you're cheating on Verizon. Cheating on Verizon. Okay. So, um, Metro. Metro PCS sounds like a venereal disease. (laughs) Hi, Doc. I've got the Metro PCSs again. So anyways, um, James comes in. James Hyatt finally comes back from wherever he is. Florida? It made it seem like he was going to Florida, which seems right that he's like going to Key West. Um, Yeah, it feels right. Doesn't it? He comes in for an interview and he brings his sister, Debbie. And I was like, oh, I like Debbie. Deb's good. So, And I like the cop's reaction. He's like... Nice to meet you, Debbie. Of course, not under these circumstances. Oh, no, they're so polite. And also, so um, polite. James is wearing like a button down tucked in in his interview. He's like, he's not in a T-shirt. Debbie's in a hooded sweatshirt, which becomes cute in a little bit. But at the first, it's like he threw her in the car and was like, come on, Deb, we got to go. She's like his chaperone, like his mom. I like, think it was good. sure he doesn't stay in trouble. I think it's more like emotional support. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, it felt right to me. So, Oh, you know, I'm a fan of them as brother and, I, and sister. I, I don't think, think I, cute. I don't think I would. Like, in most circumstances, I'd be like, oh, really? You had to bring something? But in this case, I'm like, yeah, this seems good. So he does not offer up at all that he's had an affair. But 
Unfortunately, they have tons of text messages and like phone calls back and forth between the two. And eventually it comes out. And he probably doesn't want to say it in front of his sister was my also my thought. But I feel like maybe his sister already knows. I kind of feel like they share things. I don't think he would bring her in if she didn't. know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he says he did have an affair with her. Now, we do not get a timeline on this affair, which drives me bananas because did the affair start before Ray passed away? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. It was more recent. Yeah. It was like as his marriage is on its last, 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 last legs. Okay. He says that he loved her. And the only reason that he kept lying was because he really didn't want to sully her name. He thought it made her Mm -hmm. look like, you know, like the Scarlet Letter kind of Mm -hmm. thing. If they thought that she was having an affair with a married man. And I thought that was so unbelievably sweet. Mm-hmm. that he just wanted to protect her. He said that everyone who ever met her was in love with her. Her eyes just sparkled. And it's like, if all y'all think he did it, you guys are crazy to watch this like big Texarkana man talking about this woman that he loved. Yeah. Talking about her sparkly eyes. If you think he did it, you're nuts. Um, he I says, still want to know what his reaction was on the phone. Yeah, me too. Because it doesn't seem like the actor did it right. The actor was very gruff, but maybe he was. Maybe he was emotional and he was crying down the road. Don't do that. That's unsafe. But maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I would have liked to see like a, <gasps> Patty, no, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He must have already known. I don't know. So. But how did he know? I don't know. We don't. We yet. Well, there's holes. This is, that's one of the holes. And we need to fill it with information that is just not here. So we'll just have to make it up. So. James said Patty told him not to leave Virginia for her. But James said that Virginia is just getting worse and worse, which I think just means getting like more and more bananas. Right. Like she's getting. She seems like a drunk, drunk, pill, pilled up, crazy older lady who's very sloppy. I didn't see drunk or pilled. I just saw like and it's when that bitter turns the corner into like just can't see anything but red all the time when bitter gets an anger problem does that make sense yeah i don't know maybe she was i didn't i don't know but i she seemed a little sloppy yeah i i think i know why you're saying that but i don't just mean the photo i mean the her the way she talks to the police is like oh yeah we'll get yes i agree with that too it's also maybe in the way that she moves her body seems it there's i i have not liked disliked someone as much as Virginia in quite some time. You would not want her to be your next door neighbor. Oh, she, no. She would come out of the house with her bathrobe undone and oh, her my God. Boob, boob hanging out. I don't think so. I don't think she's that messy. I think she's just mean. And she would yell at you for your car being like one inch over the line. She would have me reported for my cats. Yeah. She oh, would yeah. be like, I don't think they're supposed to have cats in that apartment. Ugh. Anyways, um, So he says that finally he just had to divorce her. And at this point, the sister in the interviews like kind of curled up. She's got like her legs up like a little kid on the bench. And I thought that was real cute. It's just cute to see somebody like in their late 60s, you know, like in a hoodie, like kind of trying to like comfort her brother. And I just yeah, that was all adorable. Anyways, James spills the beans on Virginia and tells the detectives that she is a great shot and tells some sort of uh, some sort of shooting story with a five gallon bucket. And I, I don't know what I'm not exactly sure what was happening with the five gallon bucket, but she mm-hmm. hit it 
And that was good. Yeah, yeah it was good to hit the bucket. Yeah. And he said that when it's he asked to Re- kick the bucket. No, just hit it. So he said that he asked Virginia where the gun was and she said it was lost. At this point is when we see an extremely unattractive picture of the real Virginia, who literally looks. I went, ah, I thought it was a man. I thought that it was Harvey Firestein from Hairspray. Yeah. But with I long mean, hair grown out like he just got out of Azkaban. It was, I don't, here's the thing. I don't know if it was the picture, but it's so much red lipstick and then such dark eyebrows on someone that's not supposed to have that eyebrow. It was confusing. It was like, I don't see so good. I'm putting on my makeup in the dark Ugh. as a I didn't challenge. I even notice that. I just noticed like just scraggle, just like. Well, that's just, what did it. That's what did it in the picture. It was this jarring, like, clown makeup. And I'm uh, all fan of a lot of makeup, but not like that. No, not if you... And not if you're around town, like, be, being a rumor monger. I feel like she's spreading bad words about Patty, and I don't I like that. I feel like she just goes door to door from, like, place to place complaining and then leaving them bad reviews on Yelp, if she can figure out Yelp. Oh, uh, but I don't know about that because we get something later that shows that she was maybe not a bad Yelper. We'll find out. We'll get there. So then the sister tells the detectives kind of a strange conversation that she had had with Virginia, where Virginia was saying that she was really worried about James and that he might try to commit suicide. And the sister is, of course, very smart, sees right through it and tells James, you need to watch out because she's going to kill you and try to make it look like a suicide. I can totally see Virginia doing it, too. I mean, I don't even know her, but I feel like I can see her, like, trying to plant a seed with those crazy eyebrows, like, planting the seed, but, like, not subtle at all, but thinking she's so subtle, and then, like, waddling away, all, like, happy with herself. Yeah. So James is not worried about what his sister says. He's not worried about Virginia trying to kill him. What he's worried about is Virginia and Patty. Before he gives these papers to Virginia, ends the marriage, and leaves town, he tells Patty, you need to be extra careful right now because I'm about to tell Virginia officially that I'm leaving her. And, you know, Patty does what you would expect someone like Patty, the perfect Palomino, to do. And she says, I can handle myself. I'm not afraid of Virginia. Ah, uh, good. Nice yeah. idea. And so I think that he should have stayed in town. I don't think that he should have left. If he was actually worried, I think he should have stayed put. Or, or taken think, Patty with him. Right. Or put a, uh, put a tail, like maybe hire like a private investigator or someone to uh, tail Virginia for a few days. Right. Keep eyes on her. If you're going to yeah. leave town, don't. Mm-hmm. If you're really worried about it. And so that's honestly probably what he feels the worst about now is that why did I leave? If I was really worried, I should have stayed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the cops still don't think that any of this is enough. And they're still looking at other suspects. I was shocked. I was like, really? Um, but apparently they need everybody's story, which is good policing. I agree. So both Phyllis and Barbara are interviewed by the detectives. And Phyllis tells us that if if her or Barbara died, they would get 20 grand because... I guess Patty left everybody money in yeah. her will, which is she did because of her life insurance. It wasn't like her money; it was her life insurance was a hundred thousand dollars. So she was giving each of them twenty of that hundred thousand. 
it wasn't like her money that she was bequeathing them, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And that's and she also offered it to Virginia, but Virginia denied the offer because Yeah, I don't want that woman's money. She hates Patty's guts. That's kind of bad though for everybody's motive because it means that if Patty dies, everybody gets paid, right? So they could technically all be in on it together and then get paid. Um Phyllis says something real odd right now. And she says, it's the strangest thing how it worked out. I thought that was so weird, too. She misspoke there and it was very strange. I think maybe she, when she watches this back, that's a, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't she, mean it. It didn't work out. No, like she that. didn't mean to say it like that. But she what she meant was just because that Patty was younger than everyone else. So she thought that Patty would be like the last to die. And Patty seemed to be in fairly good health, like health. So. And she says um, they didn't need the money. None of them needed the money, she said. Yeah. So when Phyllis is in with detectives, she tells them that the day before the murder, Virginia is really upset because James served her divorce papers. So this is when we get the timeline kind mm-hmm. of of when he served and left. Um, and so Phyllis takes Virginia to bingo. <laughs> I loved it. I was so excited. I was like, I want to go to bingo with Phyllis in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But Virginia's beside herself. He left and he's taken all his clothes. And she's, you know, we a weepy mess at bingo, which that brings down the room. And I don't like uh, that. No, bingo is not there for that. No. no, it's not. It's there for happiness. So the next day, Phyllis is watching The Price is Right. God bless Phyllis. Oh, Phyllis is too is good. Is she just a lady of leisure? This is great. I think they're all retired. I think this is their, like, retired hobby, right? So she's watching The prices, right? Um, not having any idea. N- none of the phone calls of the day had started yet, even though um, Patty had just been killed. She doesn't know any of that yet. She's just watching TV and having her morning coffee. And so Virginia comes over and is a completely different person, like, not crying anymore, calm, tells Phyllis, I'm going to make plans and go on with my laugh. I'm just going to let it go. Not the weepy Virginia of the night before. Right, right. Who ruined bingo for everyone. Yeah, she totally did. So now we have a very shady moment from the ID network in which they show again a real life picture of Virginia, except she's next to Patty. The real Patty. Oh, it's awful. Don't show us that picture. Like, we get it. But you know what? Virginia is fine. But Virginia's an ugly human. She's a bad person inside. So Although it, later we do see her dancing. And I think, oh, maybe she was fun? Question mark? No, she still wasn't fun. I did not like that dancing. That did not seem joyful dancing. I'm, I know a couple miserable people who would still dance on occasion. And it still makes them miserable people. Right. And it's not Dancing's that Dancing's not going to save you. No, it's not. Stripping? Exotic dancing. Oh, well, it'll save your soul. Yeah. Okay. So... Who will save? <laughs> okay. So detectives go. They decide they need to look hard into Virginia. Let's check this alibi. Let's go check the nursing home and see if she was actually there the morning of the murder, like she said. They go and check surveillance footage from the nursing home. They see that she has a cup of coffee in her hand. So the surveillance footage must not have a timestamp on it. Because they're not talking about the time she was there. They're real focused on this cup of coffee that she's got in her hand. Yeah, wasn't there like a login book where you have to check in? But maybe you could lie on the time. You could just fit the time. 
maybe she maybe that's what she did, but they don't tell us that. And I'm not sure. Maybe it was too much information. I don't know. So but maybe they could have told us that instead of the guy coming on and saying there's flirty and friendly. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. So anyways, she's got her coffee cup and they can see the restaurant on the coffee cup, which I thought was a literal restaurant. That's but McDonald's, it's, I think. It's like a fast food place. Yeah. But when they say restaurant, I was like, oh, she went to like a Cracker Barrel. Like I was thinking she went into, no. you know, okay, no, like a Bob's Big Boy. No, she did not. So um, they go and go through all the surveillance footage from the fast food restaurant that's nearby. They find her pulling in to get her coffee through the drive through And it's an hour and a half after the gunshots are heard. So she went to visit her mom with her coffee cup like two hours after the murders were committed, thanks to the neighbor who heard the geese, Canadian geese shots. And if you'll notice in that surveillance footage, she is smiling from ear to ear. That's why I thought that about the Yelp review. She is so happy and bubbly in the car. If you watch her, it's so creepy. You're like, oh, it made my skin crawl. Yeah. She's super friendly. I bet she even tipped him. At McDonald's? Oh, yeah, there is a little jar outside. Yeah, she probably did. She's just full smile. I think it goes to the Ronald McDonald house, though. Oh, that's good. I like that. So at 2 a.m. in the morning, I like that they go at 2 a.m. They catch her unawares. They go to arrest Virginia, and she has barricaded herself in her home. She put, You're not going to take me alive, Papa. <laughs> You'll never take me alive. She puts chairs underneath the doorknobs. Who oh, does that? God. I thought that wasn't a real thing. It's a... Virginia saw it in a movie. Yeah. And was like, this will keep him out. No. Okay. I'm surprised she didn't have a shotgun. I was really surprised she didn't hold up. She's like, going down in there. She's like, it's like Waco or something. Yeah, I was worried. So I was worried that more that one of the cops would get hurt. Yeah, I don't think you were worried that something bad was going to happen to her. No, I was way more worried that she didn't know how to handle a firearm and was going to. But apparently she does because she shot that five gallon bucket. So anyways, the police finally talk her out. She comes out. She gets arrested. They move in and start going through the house. The gun is never found. They never find the murder weapon. But what they do find is the shirt that she's wearing in the surveillance video at her mother's nursing home and in the drive-thru, and it has gunshot residue on it. Throw away the freaking shirt! Jesus. Throw away the shirt, Virginia. This is murder 101. No, just throw it out. Don't wash it. Just throw it. Like, in the dumpster behind the McDonald's, change your clothes. Ugh, driving me nuts. So now it's trial time. And at the trial, Virginia decides to go with the poor me, um, I might be disabled defense, which is the worst. It's the Harvey Weinstein. She pulls a Harvey Weinstein. And she looks like Harvey Weinstein. So it's kind of perfect. She looks like Harvey Firestein and Harvey Weinstein meshed together with a wig and lots of lipstick. So she either got wheeled in. I thought you didn't know who Harvey Firestein was. When I was talking about him, you didn't know who he was. That's because this season of Drag Race hadn't aired yet, or the season that I watched where somebody does Harvey Firestein in um, the Snatch Game. That's how you know who he is. I get a lot of my knowledge from Drag Race. Okay, about current that, things. That's fine. I get most of mine from Seinfeld, so it's okay. Yeah, see? I don't know who's this better. We just have bit I think that's good because we have a good mix of vocabulary if we're doing that, right? Okay. So she shows up in like a wheelchair and she's walking uneven. 
Um, but the prosecution basically like seals her fate by showing the jury footage of her dancing at some event called painting with a twist where I'm guessing you paint and then do the twist. I don't know. Oh, um, but she looks real happy and she's, but she is alone. No one's dancing with her. Mm-hmm. I don't think she has that many friends. I think Phyllis was being very nice to be her friend. Uh-huh. Phyllis is too good for the likes of Virginia. Yeah. And then they show maybe the saddest footage, but the one that somehow made me really, really angry. I don't know why it's her in prison. So currently, and it's when they open the food windows they show how fast she like jumps up from her chair and like waddle, 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 waddle to the food line. And I can only say it like that because she walks like the penguin in Batman. Like, do you know what I'm saying? It's like a full like. Yes. Tilt. Here I go. Here I go. And just so fast. She's second in line. Yeah. <laughs> and I got really. And you know why I got mad? Because she doesn't deserve hot chow. She, no, doesn't. she doesn't. She deserves cold chow. Cold, stale yeah. buns that are like hockey pucks. Well, we don't know the rest of the women that were behind her in line. They might have also deserved cold chow. We don't know. They, Yeah, there probably are a few in there. So can we like separate but, you it know, out? All prisoners deserve, I don't know, hot does, chow. Does Virginia deserve hot chow? No, but I do think it's hilarious how fast she goes and gets it. She's like. So fast. Here's why I think. But it you may know, be. those other convicts hate her. They yeah, hate her because, you know, she's probably trying to be manipulative. It thinks she's smarter than everyone and more godly. And I don't I don't want to hear it. No. So um, she tries to sneak, get extra honey buns. From I, that's that's what I think bothered me about it is that like that's a good part of the day for her is like when that food thing opens up. You know who doesn't get good parts of their day anymore? Patty. Yeah, that's what irritated me is it's like obviously like that's a really good thing for you, like, when you get to go and get your food. Patty never gets any more food. Yeah, I'm sure the rest of her days are not great, though. No one's visiting her in jail. I don't, I see, the thing is, I get a smugness from Virginia, and the thing, we barely see anything about her, but I get the sense that she's just so happy with herself, that she took out that woman who stole my husband. That's all she would talk about. And I'm like, well, maybe if you'd been a little more generous with spirit and not scowled at people when they asked to dance with your husband at square dancing and been a generally unpleasant person, maybe your husband would have, you know, liked you. Yeah. Maybe if you're just nice. Maybe she used to be nice. I don't know what happened to her. It's almost like she had a head injury and, like, flipped. Because why would he marry her? She's so nasty. And also, right. I mean, it also just shows what a nasty person you are to fake, to, like, make yourself a victim at the at the trial, to fake an injury, fake a disability. Yeah, that's low. Um, that's Harvey Weinstein low. And so that's really bad. Um, she got life in prison, thank goodness. And Phyllis is our last interview, and she's very mad at Virginia for taking Patty. And she's crying, and it's really sad. And she says that she really misses her friend. Yeah, it was sad. She was a good friend. She was a good friend. So that was the square dancing excitement of this episode. And that, that's it. Dosey, don't. Oh! Dosey, don't murder your friend. And with that, everyone, please stay safe out there. And thank you for listening. And Dosey, don't forget to wash your hands. Oh! 
I can't think of another one. No, I can't it's, think of, it's good. What's, what other kinds of dances are there? Swing your partner round and round. Just make sure they don't fall down. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. Do you know any more? No. I know down the center. Now switch partners. Yeah. Round and round. Ladies on the gents. Gents? Ladies? Do they say fellas? Fellas? All the ladies in the house. I don't know. If I can find some uh, royalty-free square dancing talking, I'll put some in. You would be a good um, caller. You would be a good caller. I was thinking you'd be good at it. I was like, Kimberly would do this well. I feel like you would. Maybe we should take lessons. I feel like it's a lot easier than being an auctioneer, but I feel like they go hand in hand. I feel feel like like it's it's as hard as being an auctioneer because at least auctioneer, you get to read stuff off the paper. No, but that, yeah, because at least in Square in square Dancing, you have to feel the music. You have to know every song and how it moves. And you also have to see the skill level of different people. If people are struggling or getting lost, you've got to line them up again. Um, but I do think that probably those two jobs are intertwined. Somebody who's an auctioneer could also be a Square Dance caller. I feel like it also runs in the family and perhaps um, definitely in an auctioneer's family. It's like you're the black sheep if you are the Square Dance caller. And like at the dinners, the family, like Thanksgiving, you don't have a lot to talk about with them. And they're like, they try to be nice. And they're like, how are things at the square dancing arena? And they're like, it's a dance hall. And then it's like really awkward. And then they pass the mashed potatoes. Do they say? And they're like, pass the mashed potatoes down here with the, with the corn and the turkey. And I've got a turkey. Who wants turkey? Who wants like that? And then the poor square dance caller is like, Pass it to the left, go to the left, and then the biscuits on your right. Biscuit, ladies get the biscuits first, and it goes to the right. And then, and then it's, you no one ever gets to actually eat because you're too busy passing all the food around. And you're just go home hungry. You should write to that Saturday Night Live, TM. That would be a really funny skit for Saturday okay. Night Live. Okay. Because if they were battling yeah. the square dance and the auctioning. Yeah, that'd be funny. With like Justin Timberlake and yeah. like, oh, that'd be fun. Okay. Think about it. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I don't think they take submissions, but I'll try. Try. See what you okay. can do. I'll do it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Remember your partner, Dosey do Dosey better don't. Is that why Thomas Quinn wants out of the square dance game? Did he do it? No, I more mean he knows who did do it. And he's he's no snitch. I don't even think he was in the group 11 months ago. So I think he is a newcomer to a town. All right. But he didn't overhear a conversation that he shouldn't have. I think he is definitely came to this town as um, like with under a false identity because he did witness a crime at some point. But that was in like El Paso and he had to go and witness protection. And he thought he had found a group of people, which were the square dancing people. But one day someone looked at him and said, it's funny. You don't look like a Thomas. You look like an Edward. And he was like, because oh, that was the people that are after him. They know him as Edward and his assumed name is Thomas. And he's like, they're on to me. They're on to me. I have to separate myself from this group. And he's like trying to contact his handler, but his handler's wife just had a baby. And so he can't be bothered with Thomas every five minutes being worried that he's being found out. Okay, so Thomas he's is an, on his he's own. He's an inattentive witness protection agent. Handler, yeah. Yeah. That's all, that all sounds extremely plausible. It checks out. But uh, Ray...